you step into the stage and just fire comes out, just like, <laughs> right? And people are just like going crazy. I'm not going to step right out on stage. I'm going to fly on stage. <laughs> yes, let's yes. go. <laughs> That's right. You, you like 10x that vision. I love it, Natasha. <laughs> and someone recently asked me what advice I would have given myself as a young person. And that advice that nobody's going to come save me. You're tackling this challenge as a journey, right? Mm -hmm. And then you're like, okay, this is going to become an asset in the future. Yep. And a lot of people ignore that. Like, um, have you have you tackled your challenges like that from the very beginning? Or, uh, do you recognize the moment when you were like, this is going to be an asset? Like, we see it. With, with I our do now. You do now? Okay. So I did not do it. Ten years ago, I wouldn't have been able to identify that. We've got some hey, I'm Luis. And I'm Luis. And you're listening to the Content is Profit podcast. Where we talk about entrepreneurship, mindset, and of course, how to turn your content into profit. Go to contentisprofit.com, join the community, come be part of the family. Here we go. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm going to apologize because if you become part of the family, you're going to have Fonzie as a brother. And I don't know if that's the thing that you want to do, but it's okay. You want to be my brother. I that's think okay. that will be... That's okay. The highlight of your life <laughs> but guys most importantly today we have an incredible guest coming in joining us Ooh. and tell me tell me we're gonna be talking about how she went from being a classical violinist yes. and jazz vocalist she's Ooh. amazing i've heard her uh, to a top ceo inc 5000 Fastest growing company three years in a row. Oh, baby. Mind-blowing. We need all the secrets. We need all the secrets. Hey, but before that, Fonzie, do we have a sponsor today? Indeed, we do. Thank you for asking, good sir. You're welcome. Today's You're welcome. sponsor is your own, The Biz Bros. Yes, we sponsor our own podcast with content momentum. If you produce a long-form piece of content like this one that you're listening to Ooh. or watching and you need a plug-and-play team to come in and multi-purpose it for you, we are here to help. Slide in the DMs at BizBrosCo on Facebook, on Instagram. Go ahead and follow the show because every Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday, these audios are dropping your favorite platforms with incredible value for you to move your business and life forward. Let's go. That is right. And if today's guest help you move one step forward towards your goal, Please don't forget to share this episode and and leave a five-star review. Thank you. Today's guest is not your average guest or business owner. We actually got to know her thanks to our good friend, Adam Shalvey. Let's go. And let me tell you, she is relentless. Oh, yeah, that is right. Today's guest is the founder and CEO of Entire Productions, which has been in the Inc. 5000 list of fastest growing companies in America for three years in a row. Impressive. Ooh, not only that, but she, but she, what's this? But she entrepreneurship. <laughs> she studied. She, she studied. studied entrepreneurship at the Harvard Business School and MIT. Very impressive. And check this out. She's a trained classical violinist and jazz vocalist. Oh, and did I mention that she is about to be published author as well? Ooh. That's right. I forgot to so write a word in the, in the intro I right I know. There. What is Fonzie? What okay, is that? Right, we'll the point, the main point is that she she is a total badass. Please welcome host of the Fascinating Entrepreneurs Podcast, soon to be published author, the relentless Natasha Miller. What's up, Natasha? Hey, guys. Oh, my God. Already so much fun. I've done a lot of podcasts, never with such 
energy and DJ like quality. I know. Thank you. I appreciate thank you. it. Thank, thank you, you so much. Coming coming from you, this like yeah. it means actually like so much. So we really I, appreciate. I'm you. just saying this, Natasha. You know, when we knew you were coming, we're like, this is or test right we are right now trying out to be a part of entire productions we got, the, we got the strobe light we got the dj set with the yeah. music yeah we are good to go well natasha for those who don't know you i mean i, I when fancy told me that you were coming i'm like well who, who's natasha and then she started he started t t telling me and i'm like this is so exciting stop telling me because i really want to discover i want to be like super surprised when when we do the interview so why don't you tell us a little bit of, like who you are obviously very different, you know, backstory to where you are now. So I'm very, very yeah. interesting. Like, how did that happen? Where, where, where do you want me to start? Like the very beginning or like... So, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll, it, that's, I mean, wherever you feel comfortable, right? But like our, yeah. you know, compared to like our story, obviously we came here to the States to college, right? We were both, yep. for us, like our future title is like, you know, from failed soccer players to, you know... You know, billionaire entrepreneurs. Or I don't know. We'll figure out where, where are we going to end up. But, you know, like, let's say college would be like a great starting point. And okay. then from there, you know. Sure. So I was in college. Uh, the first college I went to is uh, University of Kansas. Real exciting. On a violin, classical violin scholarship. But you should probably know, this is a little more impactful, that a couple of years before I had my first year of college, I was 16 years old classically trained violinist studying with a professor at a college in high school. And I uh, ended up at a homeless shelter on Christmas day and have lived on my own ever since. So my getting into college or figuring that out by myself, not even with a counselor, um, figuring out how to audition and getting a full ride scholarship right there is a super miracle. Wow. So that's that's probably that's actually kind of where my book starts and and where the you know the huge story evolves from. Yeah. Wow. Uh, I, we should, I, we should I, change I, the headline. Just saying, Fonzie. I know. Well, I, I didn't want to because that's part of the headline in her book, and I didn't want to you know kind of like ruin it. Take yeah. that headline and put it in the in the podcast. There's a few questions that come to mind. Yeah. That I would like to explore. I don't, I don't know if, if you're okay with it. If you're not okay with with sharing no, about this, please, please let me know because I know it might let's have been it. a little bit personal. But I'm, the first is like, how do you end up in the, you know, um, yeah. in the shelter? Uh, so I haven't been willing to talk about this um, up until a couple of years ago. And now I realize how important it is actually to say it out loud. So I grew up in a household Uh, where my um, one of my parents was very abusive to me, both um, mentally, emotionally, a little bit physically. And uh, I feared for my life every day that I was alive. And on that Christmas day um, at 16, I finally, you know, after being threatened that I was going to be killed, I called 911 um, again for the first time in my life. And mm -hmm. that started a spiral of activity that led me to um, being taken to this homeless shelter for youth on Christmas day, uh, which was horrific as you can imagine. Yeah. And so I had to grow up really fast. I became an adult really fast. I learned my rights really fast, mm. actually not fast enough if you asked me back then, but um, the state of Iowa deemed me to be 
uh, an emancipated child, even though we didn't have an official emancipation law. So I was on my own. I was an adult at 16 years old. Um, I got my first apartment after living with my grandmother for a little bit. And you guys know this, I hope, that when you rent an apartment, you have to put the electricity in your name and the gas and the lighting. And um, if, if you don't do that and you flip a switch, nothing's going to happen. Yeah. Well, I had no idea that you had to do any of that. So I got to this new apartment and I turned on the lights and I'm like, oh, shoot, the lights don't work. Well, they worked, but I just didn't know what to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, well, um. So, so- like I was gonna say that that. Are you kinda, guys fighting over who's gonna? Ask uh, you yeah, always. We, we always do. We always fight about who's yeah, gonna talk more. Always. Um. <laughs> well, first of all, before you you continue, right. uh, I want to say thank you, right? Because it takes a lot of courage to share these stories, right? And you you said that not until a couple of years ago you yeah. decided to do this, and uh, you know, with with the people that we work with and and the people that we've been fortunate to to be in their worlds, uh, helping them with publishing, that is one of the biggest hurdles, right? Like we have to like figure out okay what. Uh, am I comfortable sharing these stories? I'm actually helping them, right? And uh, I had a very similar story, right? And to me, it was very challenging start sharing the, those stories. Uh, there's some that still uh, I don't I don't go ahead and share. So that's why I I, I feel you, I understand you, I I hear you. So thank you so much for sharing that. I can't wait for people to kind of uh, dive deep in in the book and and see what what lessons come out of it, right? So that that was the, my comment. My turn. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that, you know, Natasha, the other day I was reading this, um, I think it was like a sales letter, honestly, one of the best sales letters I read uh, in, in a long time. But they were talking about the power of transformational events, how if you wanted to change, right, from who you were to maybe, you know, develop a habit that, that you really want to do, you don't really need to do it for like 60 days, how like some people say, it's like, you can actually do it pretty much immediately by having a transformational event, right? And obviously, this sounds like a transformational event in your life, right? I mean, imagine living home and becoming an adult at 16 when obviously we all know we're still kids at 16. So how did that moment shape the before and after? Obviously, you said that you pretty much like lived in fear previously Mm -hmm. to 16. And I'm guessing a little bit after 16, you like... At 17, 18, 19, you probably still had a lot of worries, right? You were learning how to yeah. be an adult. But I'm just wondering, how did that event shape who you have become now? I didn't realize it at the time. I can really only look at it from hindsight, like looking behind. And I know this, um, that I was looking for someone to, quote unquote, save me my whole life. Mm. Neighbors, family, teachers, anybody I wanted them to see what was happening to me and then swoop in and save me. Mm. And that I wanted this beautiful, amazing life. And what I didn't realize then, and even later throughout life, I was still waiting to be saved by someone, right? An outside force. And it's not until recently did I, that I realized um, that I ended up learning how to save myself. I didn't have a name for it at the mm. time. I didn't identify that that's what I was doing, but I switched everything around, some gradually and some immediately, and I saved myself. And someone recently asked me what advice I would have given myself as a young person. And that advice that nobody's going to come save me. Wow. No one's going to do it. 
you have to figure out how to do it yourself would have been helpful. I'm not sure I would have been able to understand it and, and make that happen yeah. uh, any faster than I did. Yeah. I heard, uh, I heard a comment a couple of days ago. It's like, uh, whatever phase you're, or whatever thing you're facing in your life or business at the moment, right? Uh, we sometimes we go out, ask ourselves like, well, what if I would have done that like a year ago? What 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 happens if I would have started that like one year and two years? And then it's like, well, you were not the person, right? Like you were not ready two years ago. That's what you're starting right now, right? And to me, that brought a lot of peace, right? Um, yeah. For those that are that are finding their path, right, in what they're doing, right? Obviously, what what will be what would be that advice? Right? Like, what are some of the things that they can start doing, you know, right now to start recognizing those patterns or start recognizing the position they're in and be like, okay, yeah. how can I close that gap to maybe move faster, gain momentum, start making things happen? Oh, well, didn't you hear? Nobody's going to save you. Well, other than that, yeah. well, that's number one. Yeah. You know, I didn't have access at the time uh, where I was in the United States. I was in the middle of America in Des Moines, Iowa. It was the mid 80s. So, you know, we didn't have Oprah or Dr. Phil or help yeah. shows like that. I didn't have access to the help and information that that most people have now. Mm. So if I met myself today, right, and I met someone like me that could just kind of give you an overview of the abilities that you actually have inside. And if you don't own them currently, there is no barrier to entry. Yeah. anymore to getting the information uh to get to where you want to go there's nothing yeah. but i would say to one up that your access to information online right blogs podcasts um mentors advisors and actually taking classes mm -hmm. in the thing that you want to do whether it's personal development or whether it's entrepreneurship um This is this is going to be the foundation for what I am going to end up teaching entrepreneurs that want to scale and grow. Learning, digging in, listening to people that have done it before you in the past. That's the shortcut. That's the shortcut. Yeah. Slogging through it on your own and trying to figure it out and thinking you're so cool and that you have this special secret sauce that nobody has. That is the long, hard road. There's some ego that's in there that's feels good but yeah. i did that for 10 years before i started really getting educated in what i wanted to do with growing my business and man when i first started really learning from people that had done it before me man it was mm -hmm. it was just skyrocket from there wow that's amazing i love that uh i mean that perspective we have it honestly like pretty easy i would say nowadays any access to information i do think though like that could play a negative role as well in people's life right it's, access is so easy that maybe you're just like just give you know take things for granted sometimes you're like oh okay i got this advice from you know a multi-million dollar uh ceo no big deal let me look for the next thing right i think it's sometimes it's so easy that it's like we may maybe we lack the appreciation for it right when maybe when it wasn't that easy and you finally found somebody that will tell you something that impactful you know that that meant a lot and you would probably treasure that right and save it and and keep it in your mind so i think it, it's it's both positive and negative in some ways uh like everything honestly i believe but right. but it's 
I, I love your perspective, right? And and obviously your story played a, a huge role in there, right? It wasn't probably until you met these mentors and you said that you had a mentor that you went to college with, right? And and study classical classical music, I guess. Um, I listened to your songs. It is absolutely amazing, guys. Go check her out on Spotify. Um, but can you tell us a little bit about that period of your life, right? Like, what did you learn through, you know, classical music? Um, and yeah. then what caused that change from, hey, I am, you know, an artist to a business owner, which is yeah. like an artist in its own way. Yeah, so those are two things. So the first thing, what I learned when I was studying classical music was incredible discipline. Mm. So I was in the first violin section, which is like one of the lead positions. And I ultimately was concert master, which is the epitome of leadership in, a, in an orchestra. You're the first violin. Everyone has to do what you say. It sounds powerful and wonderful, but it's terrifying, I especially bet. for a young person, right? Um, who, you know, everyone has the syndrome of being an imposter, but put a very young person who's not treated well at home in that position of concert master. Literally, when I got the word of that um, appointment, I went home and cried. I was terrified. Mm, wow. But the discipline of practicing your violin, scales, arpeggios, um, concertos for six to eight hours a day, I think that really set me up for great success as a business person, um, you know, right now, yeah. although I don't do six to eight hours of practice <laughs> of anything anymore a day. Yeah. So we doubled in music a little bit. Um, <laughs> Definitely not the six to eight hours. Not the six, so <laughs> our house was divided, right? Like our mom was like, she sings and she plays the guitar and uh, plays instruments. She always wanted us to go that route. Right. And then our dad was soccer and, and that's where we chose to do. Right. And, and it was very divided. Right athletics and music and you develop like different parts of your brain and we dove into soccer like full time right and that was the thing that got us here um now with soccer as an athlete right we've talked to a lot of athletes a lot of people from the military right and a lot of the things that they say to is that discipline right the the practice the day-to-day -day, right maybe not six hours but you're but you're doing this you know two three hours a day maybe your rehab a lot of mental strength a lot of inner work and then This happened to me personally, right? And, I, and, I, and I'll ask a question, like, see if it, if it did happen to you. But when we transition to the business side of things, all of a sudden, it's like we forgot part of that, right? And even though, yes. like, we were used to it, right? We're like, oh. It doesn't oh. always transfer. Okay. I prompt, It doesn't always transfer from the thing you were disciplined and excellent at mm -hmm. to the next thing. Some of it does. Mm -hmm. But what you're getting at, I'm actually experiencing right now. So I have a core business that's very successful. It's a multi-million dollar business. And I'm starting another business to teach entrepreneurs how to scale and grow their business and automate and delegate. Yeah. And guess what I'm having trouble with doing? Delegating. <laughs> I'm like, what is your problem? So I'm a master of delegation at my core business. And I need to get my what, together. Why, why, do, <laughs> why, why do you think that is? Like, I, I'm very interested, right? Because I found cer cer certain things that same, like, 
similar scenario, right? Like we do the content and we do the the distribution and we do massive distribution on our end. And then we're like, hey, you got to find these VAs. And that's the friction that we encounter, right? In our own content production side of things, right? Mm-hmm. And and it's funny. And, you know, we've found different solutions here and there. But at the same time, it's a lot of friction. And Fonz is laughing because it's 100% true. Uh, so so what, what do you think that is? Which like one whenever- of you is older than the other? Uh, that's a top secret. Uh, you gotta take. So, a, you gotta take a guess. Top secret. Yeah, we'll let the audience vote. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So wait, I'm sorry. What was the question? Oh, why do I think that is? Okay, this is my theory, which I'm making up right now on the spot. I am cutting my teeth on new systems and procedures and processes, new way of thinking. It's a new product. It's a new service, and my groove hasn't been carved yet right? Because it, it is fairly new. Um, because I'm trying to make it into a, a system for people. So everything in entire productions, my core company is systematized. I've had it for 20 years. It's like my 20 year old child. Now I have an infant. And when I had my 20 year old child 20 years ago, you know, things were one way and now they're different. So when you have a child, I can't believe I'm liking this to a human. <laughs> 20 years later, the strollers are better, right? The food and, oh gosh, I'm not going to go there. Anyway, there's a lot of stuff. That's, <laughs> yeah, there's so much. There's a lot of stuff improved, right? <laughs> yeah. And then you have to, you have to relearn that. So I just, it's a mental, it's a mental exercise. And I actually think it's happening for a reason um, for me to parlay to my potential clients and students. Like I'm living a case study mm. that I will overcome and then mm. be able to write about and talk about and teach. This is what happened to me. This may be something that will happen to you. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love that. And I actually, I was laughing before because <laughs> when you talk about like delegating my man, I was like, hmm, this is the perfect time for a commercial break. If you need to delegate <laughs> your content creation and content multiplication of your podcast, hey, make sure to slide into the Beast Bros DMs at Beast Bros Go on Facebook, on Instagram. Look at that. Look at that. Back to, back, back to regular back programming. Back to regular programming. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that wasn't planned. That yeah. was beautifully organic. I appreciate it. <laughs> uh, Natasha, you said something like really, really important there, right? Like you, you're tackling this challenge as a journey, right? Mm-hmm. And then you're like, okay, this is going to become an asset in the future yep. and a lot of people ignore that like um have you have you tackled your challenges like that from the very beginning or, uh, do you recognize the moment when you were like this is going to be an asset like we see it with I our do po- now you do now okay so i did ha- not where- do it 10 years ago i wouldn't have been able to identify that now anytime i come up to a, a speed bump or a challenge um i think um you know, I don't want to rush the journey, the experience, because I might miss out on things. Mm. But I typically think, oh, okay, here's the speed bump. Here's this challenge. Here are the things that I'm going to do to overcome it. Okay, that didn't work. Okay, this worked. Okay, now I'm over that bump. Now what am I going to do with it? It's kind of similar to what you guys do with content amplification. I write about it. I'll create an infographic. I'll share it. I'll teach it. And I'll give you an example. I just sang the national anthem for the San Francisco Giants at AT&T Park for 37,000 people. Wow. Let's go. That's epic. Yeah. Yeah. Acapella, 
um, with a two second delay, which if you're a musician, which it sounds like you guys are to an extent, you'll understand <laughs> how difficult it is to do anything with a two second delay. Oh yeah. And I did it and I've done it before um, at major sporting events, but I haven't done it recently. Mm. And when that call came in before I had a panic at attack and said, no, I said yes so fast. So I couldn't change my mind. Yeah. And then I wrote an article about it afterward for Inc. Magazine, seven things, seven reasons to do what scares you. And so look at that. I'm turning every learning experience yeah. into something else and then something else and something. So I'm amplifying it. Now, I don't look forward to challenges. You hear a lot of entrepreneurs saying, you've got to fail. You've got to fail. Like failure is amazing. I look forward to failing. I don't know if that's possible. <laughs> but when it starts to happen, I'm like, okay, just ride the yeah. wave. Yeah. Yeah. And make something of it. Yeah. I love, thank you for the transparency right there. Because, yeah, I think a lot of people are like, well, everybody's saying this. I have to fall in love with like failing, right? And just so you know, on your two second delay, We've done the podcast with a two-second delay, and it was a total disaster. <laughs> total disaster. Yeah. So, uh, no, no that bueno. is, yeah, that is not an easy feat, guys. By the way, is that video in YouTube? Can we find it? Yes, it is. All yes, right. we're, we're definitely going to find it and make a note right there. We're going to put it in the <laughs> in the in the comment section. Yeah. Yeah. Natasha, as you continue explaining these stories, like. You're you're my new you're my new angel here because I I relate a lot like the the failure things right like and then we hear all these comments like we do need to fail and it happens like it will happen but he, I personally feel it sucks the, the when it happens I'm like this is not my favorite feeling but then we're like no. okay we're in this thing we gotta overcome it and then but I I love the fact that the that you turn every, every situation into into an asset right and this is a lesson for for the listener if you're publishing right. There's so many people that are so scared to put their message out there. Mm -hmm. There's different ways that you can do it as well or to find stories. That's probably the number one like uh, question that we get. We're like, we're trying to create consistently, right? Like, what do I talk about? What? Well, there's things happening every single second to you or around you that you can grab those situations and there's going to be a lesson that you can always relate to your business, right? Always, always, always. So thank you for, for being that live example to us and, and sharing kind of like what your framework was with that yeah. specific challenge. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty curious about now talking about these challenges, right? I'm sure you faced a lot trying to build entire productions, right? Um, can you share a little bit about that journey, right? How, yeah. how did it go from, you know, maybe an idea to yeah. Inc. 5000 fastest growing yeah. company in America for three years in a row? I started the company accidentally, like a lot of entrepreneurs do, actually. I thought it was special, but it turns out that a lot of successful entrepreneurs actually just fell into whatever it was doing. Hmm. So I was gigging as a vocalist and a jazz violinist. I'm sorry, as a jazz vocalist and a classical <laughs> violinist. I can't do the crossover. Anyway, um, and I was getting booked so many times in one night. And obviously, I can't be at four different events. So I started telling my clients, I'm not available, but I can bring in another group that's as good as I am, probably better. I'll manage them. So loosely, I had already started entire productions. Mm. I wasn't paying taxes. Sorry, IRS. And I didn't have a business <laughs> certificate license. But 
um, slowly in about 2000, 2001, I decided to name a company and start doing this. Now, this is a really interesting thing. I have gone from a lifestyle business that I didn't really ever intend to build to this inner, you know, international global corporation that has scaled and grown in the multi-millions and profitable. That is a huge arc. And I never thought that I would have a business as big as I do. I didn't want one. I didn't plan (laughs) it. I didn't think I could handle it. It wasn't even in the crystal ball. Like it wasn't even something that I was like, oh, I could have that someday. Oh, I don't want to. It just never occurred to me. Yeah. About 2009, I rebranded and relaunched and I still was um, what they call a lifestyle business. So it was solopreneur, no employees, Mm. uh, making a modest living, pretty good living, but, you know, nothing over the top. It was a lifestyle living. It paid for my life. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't create jobs for other people. It didn't include, you know, it, it didn't create a huge profit margin. But then um, in 2015, I took a class that was free to take, and it was about a $90,000 value class. It's the Babs, I'm sorry, it's the NKSB at Babson College. Wait, wait, Natasha, sorry, sorry. You're going to have to repeat that one more time because literally when you were, you were about to say the name of the class, we got a little lag in there. Okay, Goldman Sachs. Yeah. 10K. SB and that stands for 10,000 small businesses. Mm. You can still apply for it now. And it was basic, basically an entrepreneurial master's class. And the year following that, my business grew by 65%. Wow. Because, not because I took the class, but because I took the class and I put everything else away. I had other people that were my employees working day to day in the business. And I really focused. I was incredibly just driven and I took the information I received and here's the key people. (laughs) The shortcut is do the learning, but you then have to take action with what you've learned, right? You can't just hear it and then expect for everything to come together natasha sounds like like you read the instagram post that i did yesterday i'm not kidding but i should have i i i literally uh typed this quote that i read in a book and the quote was those who do the job uh those who do the work are the ones that do the learning and i was like oh man that is so cool because just like you're saying, like the best way to learn is not like sit down and do it, but like you actually got to do the work. Yeah. Yep. Um, I've been lately, I've been like very turned off into consuming information and then like doing it like it to me, like my head is like, let me let me actually do the thing like at least once. And that's going to stick very quickly. And, you know, we, we go back to what you were saying about the new process and new systems. And I'm going to call myself out on the integrator i guess funds is very creative and the the, the great thoughts and and we we work very differently mentally right but at the same time it's like towards that objective and i love it and through the story that you were sharing right now um it looks like there were some personal or or internal beliefs that you had to overcome right and sometimes we don't see them when they're in front of us right we're like it just happens right and maybe it's, it's a little voice in our heads that continue to repeat that phrase you, you mentioned that you were scared that you didn't want a big business, right? Like, what, like why? 
And then why, more importantly, why do you actually pursue the thing? Like why you kept going, right? Because if you didn't want it, why don't stop? I think where I came from, uh, both, you know, the the city and the state, it's not like a super overachieving place. It's not where, listen, people aren't flocking to the Midwest for a reason, (laughs) right? They're all going to the coasts if they have huge ambitions. Not to say you can't have ambition in the Midwest, Mm -hmm. but... um, I didn't know anybody that had businesses like I have now. I didn't see, there's no one modeling it for me. And when I finally got to that 10 KSB course, I was like, oh, I think I was maybe at 1.5 million. Then the thought, because I was surrounded by $32 million business Mm -hmm. and I was helping them with elements of what we were learning. So I saw myself impacting somebody with a $30 million business. And I'm like, Oh, yeah. So my goal then got set to 20 million in revenue. Wow. And, yeah. um, you know, and now I now I realize, like with this book that I'm writing, right, or it's written, but I'm publishing, you know, most authors only sell 250 copies of their book in wow. a lifetime. So, you know, everybody and their mother has written a book, right? Some are self-published, some are hybrid, some are professionally published, and they use them as business cards, and that's totally cool. Well, I put a goal down on a piece of paper. I want to sell at least 25,000 books. That's a lot of books for someone like me. Even though I have a pretty big platform, um, it's still a big thing. And then I thought to myself, huh, what's your big, hairy, audacious goal? What's a number that would be like, that's crazy. That's never going to happen. That's 500,000 for me. Mm. And, you know, again, that is a ridiculous number, but I'm still saying it out loud and I'm still putting it out there. Now, would I've done that 20 years ago? No way. Wow. We go back to probably you weren't the person that was ready to tackle that challenge. Right. Yeah. I uh, wasn't. I love it. I love it. That's very exciting. Just so you know, you got two copies sold right here. So yeah, four four hundred ninety nine thousand nine hundred ninety eight <laughs> left to go. Yes, uh, but not You're quite the mathematician there. That was I know. Very good. Appreciate yeah. it. Our, we, our mom is a, is a math do, teacher. Uh, so we do public math now. Public math okay. now. Okay, uh, <laughs> Natasha, I'm gonna give you right now a you know a PR. PR stint, I guess it's called. I'm not stint. sure. Stint? stint? I think that's the word. I'm stunt. not sure. <laughs> stunt. A stunt, maybe. I don't know. I'll let you know what it is. <laughs> yeah. right. Natasha, this is what we're going to do. We're going to book you in every single NFL game for you to sing the national anthem. And right at the end, when you're done, you're like, thank you. Don't forget to buy my book. Shameless, <laughs> totally shameless plug. And that's it. And that's it. You know, you're going to be tackling so Dude, many. Dude, I would do that one time and never be asked back for any national <laughs> So that, that's a great way if you never, ever want to do, you know, an NFL yeah. game ever again. By the way, you're like, you should come to Jacksonville. You know, we have, we have pools in the stadium, bigger screens. You just come and hang out. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, don't, don't listen to me, definitely. Yeah, scratch that idea. Uh, no, Natasha, I, I, I thank you, by the way, for sharing the story. I'm so excited. By the way, we're going to leave all the links right below. So if you're listening right now, scroll down, click everything, and uh, <laughs> go follow. We'll, we'll ask you in a second like, where to find you, what's the best way. But I'm I'm really curious on, obviously, you've been, you, you, you're you going to publish the book, right? You've been out in the in the podcast circuits, right? You, you've been publishing for a while, putting your stories out there. What has been the biggest challenge for you 
uh, it could be at the beginning, it could be now. Like, what is something that really are like, oh man, that was a really, really crazy challenge that I've overcame, I'm overcoming right now. So in public, in writing the book, um, there's so many intricacies and pathways in a very archaic publishing industry. So I spent two years as what I like to refer to myself as a professional publishing researcher, because mm -hmm. I wanted to figure out the best situation for myself. And mm -hmm. now I'm an expert, I feel, in that. And then with podcasting, actually I had this thought today, I started my podcast in January of this year. And you would think that because I don't have any fear of public speaking, I've recorded seven CDs, right? And performed all over. I have no fear of interviewing people. It took me a few months after thinking I was going to do it to actually do it. I did feel that imposter syndrome. And I kept saying, what the heck is wrong with me <laughs> again? Like I didn't borrow from that life of being fearless and then just throw something out. And then I was like, screw it. I'm doing it. So I started ugly and I really like to encourage people to do that where it's appropriate, right? So I started the podcast. Now, was it really ugly? Not really. If you listen to my first episode, I'm still proud of that. Mm -hmm. Have I improved over the last, you know, eight, nine, 10, 11 months? Absolutely. But I'm still proud of it. But here's what the thing is. The graphics were okay. They were fine. But as you saw earlier, I rebranded mm -hmm. and I started ugly and now I'm fine tuning to like amazing. Yeah. And I may fine tune yeah. again, but if you go to fascinatingentrepreneurs.com, you'll see the new brand. And if you go to my Instagram, Natasha Miller SF and scroll through, you'll see the old brand. It's, it's pretty, you know, major contrasty, <laughs> contrasty. <laughs> But I did it instead of waiting yes. for perfection. Yep. Yes. So I think, you know, I used to think, hear the words imposter syndrome and think, that's not me. And I'm like, wait a minute. It actually is from time yeah. to time still. Yeah. I, and, and I think that answer like never really like changes. Yeah. Like, uh, at the end of the day, I, well, we talked about it earlier, right? Action, taking action is really what's going to separate you from something else. And that's why we feel so passionate about podcasting. You know, like we, we've been doing it three times a week for a while now. And it's like, we're like, we're still like freaking out like five minutes before the interview. Like it does happen, right? We're like, oh my yeah. gosh, like this person. Um, and, and at the end of the day, it's like, it's a, that, that challenge that continues to push forward. But at the end of the day, so much benefit, like from, from learning to connect into their relationship to having your own platform, publishing at the very beginning, all the content that goes out. And then the stories that we mentioned earlier also with you that could serve as an asset for the people that are coming right after us. So thank yeah. you for, yeah. for showing, thank you for jumping and, and, and doing and creating your own show, your own platform to continue to, to grow. I can't wait to see what yeah. the ne next 20 years are going to feel like. I should remember a video that we watched a few months ago, if not a few years ago. My, my, my timelines wow. are a little skewed For sometimes. a few months, a few years. Um, <laughs> but it was this billionaire, this guy, this billionaire that gave a TED Talk. And he was talking how he still, you know, gets imposter syndrome. And I was like, wow. That's yeah, the Australian. That's, yeah, yeah, I, I was like, mm -hmm. that's crazy, right? Like somebody that has achieved, you know, whatever levels of success you can imagine, right? Just yeah. like you, yeah. just like you. It's like still getting that imposter yeah. syndrome feeling. It's crazy. And then I remember... Also listening to a, a podcast of Seth Godin. And 
he liked to define imposter syndrome as the feeling that you get when you're about to face something amazing, right? It's like, it's that moment that you know on the other side there's something great, right? So yeah, it's kind of like, through. yeah, it's like an indicator. actually do it. So mm-hmm. I, a couple of weeks ago, I interviewed John Lee Dumas um, nice. on my podcast and he had only 15 minutes. And I usually take about a half hour to 45 minutes to talk to my uh, guests. And I was like, well, Jesus, I have so many things to ask him. If he's only got 15 minutes for me, I'm going to fire at him like nuts. Yeah. And, <laughs> you know, he's got a $2 million podcast, right? That he publishes his PL. And I thought for a minute, well, is he going to think that I'm an okay podcast interviewer? And as we got into it, I'm like, you know what? Sorry, John Lee, but I'm, <laughs> it's, we're there. You know, yeah, he has many yeah. more years of experience. He's a lot more revenue. Yeah. But that interview, I feel, is just as good as his. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I I love John Lee Dumas, but I'm going to be honest right here. Uh, John, I'm sorry. It's, <laughs> it's not my favorite podcast. I, I, I listen to here and there, and it's good. But Natasha, I can see it. I can see yours being way, way better and surpassing him. Um, but yeah, no, no hate to John Lee Dumas, actually. I like yeah. the guy. He's really cool. Yeah. Uh, Natasha, a lot of people uh, that build their own platforms, right? They, they start because they're passionate about the topic. They're passionate about connecting with people, relationships, right? And then the some of the friction and the struggles that we've seen is they, they fail to connect that content with like the profit side of things, right? So that's a question we like to ask, like how... And, uh, and if it's something where you're not allowed to kind of like uh, express, that's fine. But like, how do you connect your content into that profit, right? What, what's your plan? Are you doing something right now? Is this connected to the book? Like, what are you doing? Yeah, so the podcast is part of a flywheel of all my new endeavors. So I have the podcast, mm-hmm. the book coming out, the course that I'm creating for entrepreneurs to scale and grow their businesses, which will lead into a a paid community and lead to a 1% mastermind. So it's all connected. I'm not monetizing the podcast right now for sponsorships. Will I uh, do that in the future? Probably, but to a certain extent, because I've heard these podcasts that are heavily sponsored and it's like 10 minutes of ads (laughs) at the beginning. Yeah. Like, let's get to it, please. Um, And I don't want to do that to my listener. Right. But I know that with the book, let, let's say if I sell 25,000 books, right, at anywhere from 995 to 1695, whether it's a paperback or a hard book, um, I'll make some money. But the real money that I'm looking forward to uh, creating with both the podcast and the book mm. is uh, speaking at, you know, keynote speaking. I don't want to make a huge career of it. That's not all I want to do. But you know, eight to 10 speaking engagements at like $30,000 a pop. That's what I'm going for. Yeah. Mm, I love and, it. And that's what you will get. Yes. Uh, like, yeah, that's, happen- that's happening. It, it was exclusive here. Uh, I content's profit. I, I, can, I, can, that out. I can see like the, the glint of discipline in your eye. You uh, know, kind of like going back to those violin days where yeah. you're like, I'm extremely disciplined. I'm going to make this happen. I can see that right now. Yeah, thank you for sharing full transparency too, like what what that yeah. strategy is. Because 
uh, we've seen that not many like people are open to share to share that, right? And and uh, maybe it's because they don't have a strategy, or maybe because uh, they don't have the yeah. business asking them. Hey, um, <laughs> but but here's the thing: like when you said like speaking, right? Like one of the things that we continue to like harp on the show and with the people that that tune in is the possibilities of having this platform. For example, we were in Montana two weeks ago and seeing a three day event, and it came because of the show, and we never ever thought that. We were the the two guys that were gonna MC an event uh, in Montana, right? Crazy, yeah. but opportunities happen. They do happen, and we have to keep our eyes open. And right. they wouldn't have known about you had you not had your podcast. And honestly, mm -hmm. you guys are incredibly smart, very entertaining. You have you. your you. digital platform and all of your the correct stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, yes, you're gonna get better, but you're really at. A really high level now and of course somebody's going to ask you to MC their event right There's, well just, apparently <laughs> but they wouldn't have been able to know yeah. who you were to ask if you didn't put yourself out there That's yeah. true. Yeah. And thank you. Thank you, Natasha. And hopefully, you know, if you're listening, please go ahead and publish. Like things are gonna are gonna happen. They're gonna fall into place. Natasha, what's a good action point for entrepreneurs, right? To to get that momentum going. You know, you've you've delegated a team, you're building like a new system, new processes, you're launching a boot. Like, what is something that somebody that's maybe like at that starting point, right? Like six figures, like let's figure this thing out. Like I really want to start hiring. What is something that they can do today to get that momentum going? So they they already have six figures, or they're going to six. They're figures? they're going to six figures, and maybe okay. they just did the transition. They they're they're starting to publish, right? They're using publishing as a tool to leverage and and doing these things. I mean, you guys are doing this with your business, and you know, I need to talk to you guys to see if how we can work together. But right now, um, you know, when I publish an episode, we are transcribing it. We are uh, creating a blog post. We're pulling out the top three or five takeaways. You know, we're putting it on LinkedIn. We're 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 not really spraying and praying because we're not putting it out there to places that aren't relevant. But you've got to get in front of the audience that you're going for. And yes. You really should probably know the right audience. Like, yeah. don't be like I'm not going to be um, a tr trying to talk to mothers that just had a baby that have never had a business. Right. Wrong audience. Yep. Mm -hmm. Right. But mm -hmm. um, so I've really delineated and figured out who exactly I'm talking to and everything that I do goes into that bracket. So I'm not wasting any time and energy on people that aren't my that won't buy my stuff in the future. Yes. And yeah. I won't understand my stuff. Yeah. I, I love it. I, I want to highlight like that what you said i'm not gonna go where people are not gonna buy my stuff right it's, uh, it's not i'm gonna convince the people to buy my stuff no 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 it's i'm not gonna go buy for the people that are not gonna buy the stuff i'm gonna go to the people that are actually can't so that's so so important so thank you for 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 bringing that out because we when we talk selling we think convincing i need to convince that person that this is the best thing there's people in the marketplace that are ready to consume and are ready to purchase the thing that you're offering today. So thank you, yeah. Natasha, for bringing that up. I have a second action point. Go to <laughs> officialnatashamiller.com <laughs> slash book. And don't forget to hit the button that says get notified. So you know when Natasha drops a book. Yeah. Other than that link, Natasha, where can people connect with you? Uh, what's the best, what's the best yeah. location? 
Okay, so that's a brand new website. I built it for you. I built <laughs> it for entrepreneurs that are scaling and okay. growing their businesses. It's amazing. Um, I had great help by a company called NGNG, which is no guts, no glory. <laughs> and really, I'm going to be putting out content and notifications about the podcast and the book. You know what? Not the book, but the books that I'm going to mm. write in the future. Yes. There's already a couple more uh, kind of in the works. And that's really the hub for me. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter. But I would love it if you would like put that in your, you know, wherever you're looking, your phone, your watch. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, official NatashaMiller.com. I'm really proud of it and very excited for this new phase of my life. Yeah, and rightfully so. I just went to the website today, for, to the new website, because I remember the first time we talked, you had the yeah. old website. And I was like, oh, this one is so sweet. And I absolutely love everything from how it looks to the copy to the fact that you already got all in there, the speaking podcast and book, just what you, you share about what? today. Somebody just said that that is the speaker, like event planner for a global organization. She saw my speaking page and she said, I look at speaker pages all day long. This is one of the best I've ever seen. Yes. Wow. Oh, deep uh -oh. sigh of relief. <laughs> I'm just gonna Good put, job, NGNG. Yeah. Good job. We're, we're, yeah. By the way, full disclosure, we might model that one uh, <laughs> for Take us. It. <laughs> Take it off. <laughs> Thank you. Natasha, anything else you want to add before we head out? I don't, I think we really covered it all. And you guys, I have to say, you're such great hosts <laughs> that you. I don't have more to say at the end because <laughs> we really did cover it all. So I appreciate you very much and look forward to working with you, not only on amplifying my content, but maybe at a live event sometime. Oh, that would be so how, fun. How epic would that be? I'm, I'm, I'm going to, you know, dare to dream. Dream zone, right now. Dream zone time. It, it is uh, 2022, right? It's a little, <laughs> it's a little chilly outside. People are at the doors. They're like, oh, we want to go in. We want to see Natasha. People <laughs> rush into the stage, right? And they're like, Not Natasha, fast, Natasha. All of a sudden, poof, lights <laughs> on the stage. <laughs> the two brothers come out and they are the MCs of the event. They got everybody dancing salsa, ready to have <laughs> Natasha come on stage. And Natasha, sh you show, you step into the stage and just fire comes out. Just like, <laughs> right? And people are just like going crazy right there. I'm going to step out on stage. I'm going to fly on stage. <laughs> yes, let's yes. go. <laughs> That's right. You you like 10x that vision. I love it, Natasha. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was great having you here. Thank you so much for everything. You guys are the best. Thank, thank you, Natasha. You. Well, with that said, guys, thank you so much for tuning into the Contents Profit Podcast. Go ahead and follow the show on your favorite platform and on social media at BizBrosCo. That is right. And if Natasha here helped you move one step closer to your goal, please don't forget to share this episode with three friends and, and leave a five-star review. See ya. Bye, guys.